Welcome to Inside Seaweed, the podcast looking deep into the seaweed industry through the stories of pioneers, entrepreneurs, and innovators. I'm Fed De Gobbi, and on the show today, I talk to the founder of Phyconomy, Stephen Hermans. He's been on a learning journey and a mission to improve the flow of information in the seaweed industry. Phyconomy is currently doing so through a blog, a newsletter, a database of seaweed organizations, and an annual report called State of the Seaweed Industry, which has been referenced on newspapers like the Financial Times, academic papers, and policy papers such as Seaweed for Europe. I'll link to all of these very useful resources in the show notes. But now, please enjoy my wide-ranging conversation with Stephen Hermans. All right, Stephen, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you. I'll just go straight into something I've read about you, mm-hmm. which is that for more than 10 years, you worked in the tourism industry, focusing on Central Asia, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the Silk Road. You have featured as an expert in news outlets such as The Guardian, The New York Times, The Telegraph. So this seems a bit off topic, but bear with me. What have you learned and taken away during that period that is still relevant today in your work on seaweed? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I think first thing I learned is that there's there's an audience for, for anything. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, I, I like these kinds of, niche subjects like you know, travel in Central Asia or the seaweed industry because yeah there's nobody else working on it so it feels like okay here's something or some place where you know one person who doesn't know anything can can maybe make a difference if he you know, applies himself so I think that's uh, that's how I got started to just uh, first of all out of a, like a curiosity uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, secondly, just, you know, it seems like if, if I have these questions, there must be someone else also having those questions, right? That, that, that was always my intuition in both you know, Central Asia and, and seaweed. And, and yeah, that turned out to be correct. Huh? That, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's not because it's, uh, it's not talked about or you, you don't see anything uh, or, or nobody else has done it before you that... It's just a, a bad idea. And so maybe it's, it's difficult to make something uh, commercially viable out of it. That's in the next challenge. But uh, at least in, we'll, in terms we'll of interest, I've, that for sure. Yeah, I, I feel, uh, yeah, it's always been, sort of, it always surprises me how, how people have reacted. So when it comes to Central Asia, I can say that I do know a lot now. I've been doing that for 10 years. So... Yes, I, I can say I'm an expert there for seaweed. I'm just, I'm learning, you know. So I'm, I've been really amazed at uh, how much response I've, or positive response I've gotten in the past two years, seeing how I've, I'm also just sort of trying to figure this thing out. How would you describe the differences between the, that particular traveling community that you've been mm. interacting with and the seaweed community? Are there any similarities? Other than obviously being a very new, I suppose, small niche. Yeah, I'd say, well, it's pretty different, right? So as cycle tourists in Tajikistan are not exactly so the entrepreneurs in yeah. in seaweed. Or, or, although I have met uh, already my, my first sort of link, uh, someone who I first met in Central Asia and who then you know, recently started out, uh, started with a, a seaweed textile company in China. So really? there are overlaps, funnily enough. But yeah, I think, let's say, 
what would be the I suppose to, to buy to buy you some time one thing that I was thinking about was mm -hmm. the seaweed industry obviously I don't know the traveling community mm -hmm. in Central Asia but the, the seaweed industry is very much a collaborative and open to talk and share ideas uh, mm. and, and share challenges and help each other have you noticed that in the traveling communities as well was that something that you've sort of Yes, Seen well, it's it's a very good uh, it's a very good point. Let's say that I've approached it in the same manner, in in the sense that I've always felt that uh, information should be free as as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so my theory for like writing the travel guides was always like, okay, I'll just throw all this information out there for free, mm -hmm. and then we'll see, you know, how we can monetize it through some additional services and with seaweed i also felt like everyone's sort of all on their own little island and everyone's busy and so they don't really have the time to sort of look outside and see what's going on there and even if they would have the time it's just very difficult to find that information right mm -hmm. and in central asia you had the same issue that nobody really knew how to get a visa for turkmenistan you know somebody might write something on a forum how they did it uh, but then by the time you read it it's already outdated again so it really felt kind of similar in that sense that uh, there was a, a huge need for information in, in seaweeds similar to when i arrived here in, in kazakhstan 10 years ago and uh, yeah i just felt like let me just toss things out get all that free information out and then you see people reacting and they start contributing themselves and like oh you got this wrong here's a bit of extra information so yeah that's that's how we all get wiser right it's the Absolutely, people yeah. uh yeah adding in their own information so i okay. think that's uh, that's ma mainly how i see myself is more as a curator right? there is so much out there but you gotta you gotta find it right and i'm, I'm just yeah. here to curate it put it all together in a nice little package and then, because uh, yeah, most of this is, it's it's other people generating all this knowledge, whether it's travel knowledge or seaweed knowledge. Yeah, I'm just here to sort of put it all together and spread it out amongst a, a bigger crowd, get the yeah. flow of information running faster. Thanks for that. I made a couple of notes which I'll come back to, because before I wanted to take a tiny step back and ask you, what is Phyconomy? What is Phyconomy? Yeah, it's a good question. I also ask myself that question regularly, like what is it? What is it supposed to be? So I guess the, the mission of Phyconomy is indeed to just, you know, get the data and the information that, that people in the seaweed industry need to make up their own minds, to make sort of data-backed decisions, yeah, to get that to them. And so I, I felt like yeah, there's this huge gap of information and people are they have all the questions some people are already so that they're going for it and they're making gambles and because you have to say it's it's a gamble often because there's simply there isn't enough information out there to make a decision based on actual like data like we know this this and this so then we conclude that it's you gotta sort of really go with your intuition for a lot of things or so the dreams like yeah i, I have a vision in 10 years we're going to be there um, but so uh, there's a, a huge lack of information, you know, this past couple of days we've been trying to find like uh, harvest figures for, for cultivation for different places and it's just, it's a struggle, right? So 
I think that's kind of really my main thing is to get as much information out there. And so how that's supposed to look like, I haven't really figured it out, but let's say that's, that's my main mission. So obviously you, it sounds like the, the main drive behind you founding Phi was to help fill this gap in information, right? Mm-hmm. What sort of information do you feel the industry is particularly lacking now? Is it scientific information? Is it business-related information, practical, all of the above? Yeah, I'd say probably all of the, all of the above, but uh, like scientific information, let, let's say there is a lot of science being done, or there can always be more mm-hmm. science, of course. But uh, yeah, I think for the scientists who need that information, they, they can find it. And when it comes to the sort of practical information, how to start a kelp farm, I think you have Green Wave, you have the Seaweed Academy, etc. So there are yeah. good initiatives working on that. So I decided to focus on the economics and the, yeah, for the people who are thinking like, oh, should I invest in, in seaweed? Does that make sense? And so that's, that's where the economy, part of the economy comes from. Yes, so this, this kind of business intelligence you know what's what's going on who is doing what what companies are sort of starting out are they doing well are they doing badly and so it's i think this before i started the the database let's say i think there was a real lack of uh, oversight so just by bringing all of those companies together in the database I think that's already been really helpful for a lot of people. Oh yeah, to see, I'm, I'm like, one of them. I was gonna say this later, but I'll say it now. I I need to to thank you for uh, for um, what you're doing, and and that database is one of the things that, for example, for me has been useful a few times. Just recently, in fact, one of the listeners contacted me recently asking about seaweed companies and projects going on in a particular area of Europe, and. Mm-hmm. I, and I felt like I didn't really have an answer, but then then I was doing the research for this interview, and I'm and I'm like, oh, this is it, <laughs> you know, it's all here, and it's a nice way to put it all together in one place. So I think, yeah, thanks for that. I think it was really great work that you've done there. Very useful. Mm, yeah. So I keep updating it. So the the work is not done there. I f- I feel like there are still a lot of uh, gaps, um, a lot of things that I don't know yet, especially in places uh, let's say outside of uh, Europe, US, I think Africa. I'm also quite good, but like South America, uh, mm. places like India, etc. And then of course, you know, China, Japan, South Korea. I just I don't speak those languages. They're not uh, they, these people don't contact me. They don't know about me. So mm-hmm. I gotta really go there and and find out. And I haven't been able to yet. It's interesting how these on the surface separate planets se- seem to be struggling to interact. The West sort of seaweed industry and the Eastern seaweed industry. Mm. There seems to be I don't know if this is just my impression or whether you, something that you can relate to, but there seems to be a a more separation that. It would make sense there to be. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely interesting. It's it's definitely my let's say my my next goal is to to find out more what's what's going on there. So I I, I mm. would really love to travel there this year and talk to people and and understand. You know, like from their side, I can understand. You know, they already have an established seaweed industry. What these people in in Europe? What are they going to teach us? 
they don't have a seaweed industry. Okay, they're trying, but eh? so I can see it from their side. From the Western perspective, I don't really know what's what's stopping people. And maybe it's, I mean, of course, it's it's often different species. It's uh, maybe people are not so keen to give up information mm-hmm. as to how their business works. Things are different, of course. And so I, I do understand it. And then as, especially when you go into the, the product side, you have to invent those things yourself. But yeah, I, I do feel like there are things we can learn from each other for sure. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm keen to connect those different worlds more. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, just going back for a second to the lack of information. Do you feel there is possibly a lack of, a general lack of educational content? Well, how do you mean that educational content? I'm sort of thinking differentiated in information that would be useful to practitioners of the industry from educational information as in something that will be useful for people that are not at that level yet people that are coming in that don't have mm. a an academic background that don't mm. have with seaweed being so specific and relatively new in the west i get a, the feeling that there's a lot of interest and a lot of people trying to get into the industry mm. but they're lacking the information to establish mm. themselves to to start something yes in an informed way yeah. to get them up to, up to speed and you know in, for example in terms of starting a business or, or getting into farming or you know any of the other mm. uh, areas yes no I, I get you and and so i've also thought about this uh, to write this kind of a seaweed 101 guide I haven't had the the time for it but uh, yeah basically this idea because you have uh, let's say uh, people read something in uh, the new york times or the guardian or whatever or they uh, listen to a podcast and they go oh seaweed yeah that's amazing let me get into it. And then there's this, this huge gap uh, between exactly. that article that they read and then uh, the, the science that, you know, is, is very difficult to understand unless you have happen to have a degree in, in that very niche uh, topic. And so I think, uh, yeah, in between, uh, there, there is like a, a big opportunity to just summarize what we know right now when it comes to, for instance, you know, the carbon debate processing what's the the current state of the industry right uh, what's uh, what are people struggling with right now uh, what are the technologies they're using etc and when it comes to uh, the different products i think uh, yeah there there is definitely room for this kind of you know educational guide and then providing like a bunch of links you know if you've read this here here and here this is where you can uh, learn more yeah so that's, Get a bit that's kind of Exactly. Yeah. So that's a, then you can send them off into uh, the really the niche literature. So, but this general overview also, I think, especially for investors, people who are trying to raise money, have complained to me on several occasions said that for every new investor, they have to start basically from scratch, and that these people don't know anything about seaweed, which is normal. But you know, it's like it takes a long time to get them up to a level where they can actually make a, an informed decision, and uh, so that's that, that takes up a lot of uh, a lot of their time, right? And so yeah, I think I can make their life perhaps a little bit easier by sort of providing this the seaweed one hundred and one guide. So that's uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a thing to do still. Yeah. What sort of formats have you considered when starting Phyconomy? Yeah, well, I'm I'm a writer, uh, so I I don't know how to do a podcast. I don't know how to do uh, videos. So I've I only ever considered. I mean, I, let's say the the database is a database, and so 
that's uh, th that also just that made sense to to do it in in that format. Beyond that, I think you know, writing's the best way. Also, because you know, uh, oh, there is a lot of information out there already, but it's often sort of hidden in in PDFs. As people make this like amazing reports for the World Bank or some other big uh, institution, and then uh, they launch it, uh, sort of floods social media for a week. And then, you know, one or two years down the line, it just gets lost in the internet, you know. And uh, so I, I feel like my duty is to sort of get all the, the, the nuggets, all the, the, the diamonds out of those reports and then just sort of put them back into an article and, and make it more Googleable. Yeah. So because I, I do feel like a lot of information is already out there. It just takes you ages to to find it all, you know. It's, uh, yeah. And then for the information that isn't yet out there on the internet, it's uh, yeah, it's key to just sort of interview those people, get extract all of that information out of their heads, and then just stick it onto a, a web page and yeah, make it Googleable. So that's that's kind of my my modus operandi, let's say. Yeah. Do you feel it's a bit of a case of separating the signal from the noise? Exactly. So that's when I said that uh, I see myself more as a like a curator or, or like yeah. a librarian, uh, trying to just categorize it, put it all in, in the right place and, and make it easy for people to find what they need. Who do you see as your customers? Well, I don't have any customers, let's say, in the sense that there's nobody paying me to do this. So I, I mean, I, I started a database just as kind of like a lockdown hobby in late 2020 and then I, I got a, a grant from ClimateWorks Foundation to to really make it a, a lot bigger and better and to and make it as, as big as, as it is now. And then the past year I, I did some consulting. Uh -huh. uh, so people reached out to me and said like, oh, do you, you want to help us answer some questions? So, but when it comes to readers, I guess it's it's a mix of the people who already are, are very much into the, the seaweed industry. So when it comes to the newsletter, say it's mostly seaweed industry insiders. And then coupled with people who are just, yeah, trying to figure it out. Like, is, is this something for me? Does this make sense? And so people from the outside looking in, trying to educate themselves. So I'd say it's a mix of those two. So at the moment, what is the main area of focus for you, if there is one, in terms of running for economy and creating new content? Have you got a, a well? Specific... Right now, I'm I'm writing my my sort of state of the industry. Uh -huh. So I'm just trying to visualize the data that uh, I sort of put into the database uh, over the past year and summarizing some of the trends. So yeah, trying to communicate. So what I see as, as positive or negative signals mm -hmm. in, in the seaweed industry. And yeah, I think what we just talked about is keeping the database up to date and maybe writing this uh, seaweed guide 101. I think th those would be really cool to establish. And then besides that, trying to build out uh, a network of people in Asia. So I think that's where there's a lot of knowledge that isn't really common knowledge yet in Europe and US. So I'd love to meet those people and, uh, and talk to them and, and hear what's, what I can learn from them. That's interesting. So in terms of where you see Phyconomy going forward, how is it going to evolve? Do you feel yeah. like, is it a case of looking at the East or how do you see it evolve in the future? 
It's an excellent question. So I don't really know, to be honest. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I didn't start out with a business model. And I think, you know, it's like with uh, my, my travel guide for Central Asia, I also just started it. So I'm very bad at business. So I, I was lucky that I also am married. I have a wife and she said like, well, you know, you got to make some money somehow. So let me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me do take care of that. Eh? Cause you're just, uh, I can see you're a dreamer and it's nice, but we got to yeah, put some bread on the table. Money. So yeah, she took care of that with the travel guide. And so now I'm, I'm thinking, and so on the one hand, uh, the people ask me for consulting. So that's, that's good. It's, uh, you can earn some money with that. But on the other hand, uh, this, uh, these kind of consulting assignments, they, uh, they stay private. And so I would prefer all of the information that I dig up to be just open, uh, out in the open. So that's uh, how do you make information free while at the same time getting paid. Huh? So mm. I haven't really found a solution yet, but um, I'm not in a terrible hurry. So I'm just going to continue working on it in the naive uh, idea that something will fall out of the air. Quick one, guys. I wanted to let you know about the new Inside Seaweed newsletter. Uh, would you like to get a super short email from me every month with three actionable insights for your seaweed business? I will search the seaweed industry for the most important lessons, the most useful conclusions and relevant actions condensed into a half page that I will share with you each month. It's really easy to sign up and just as easy to cancel. So if you'd like to give it a try, head over to InsightSeaweed.com. There's no lack of buzz around seaweed at the moment. I think mm -hmm. we, we can agree on that. But the topic that has come up recently, and to quote Brent Smith, is the need to move away from a community of passion and step into a, a community of practice. Or mm -hmm. in the words of uh, Joost Bauter, a step toward more professionalisms, which sort of links, mm -hmm. links in very well with what you, what you just said and, and the sort of being a dreamer and wanting to put in all this information and out to the world and putting all this effort to make this happen. But at what point does it become, or, or maybe the other, another way to put it is, are we at a point where we are ready to switch to step it up to a professional, almost like a, a business? So w w with mm. that in mind, do you think we're at a point where a business based on content creation, knowledge, information around seaweed, such as Phyconomy, mm. can be viable and can be taken seriously as a professional service? Or are we still at a sort of hobby niche type stage? No, I, I think uh, I think definitely there's a lot of people who, who have an interest, uh, who have questions. So anyone who can offer like a professional analysis they will be in, in demand. So I think there's, there's definitely room for courses. Uh, you see like the, the Seaweed Academy, etc. Yeah. Uh, these are basically, they're just providing information, right? So I think this, there's a lot of need for that. Yeah, especially at, at this point. It's like you said, there's, there's so much interest. People just really can't find the, the information they need. So if you can uh, package that up uh, nicely, then uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You think at this point, the seaweed niche is big enough? to make some of these business ventures viable? Yes, I, I do think so. I to, uh, to a certain extent, of course, it's, this is not the, the oil and gas business. And so <laughs> uh, all of yeah. these uh, startups, they, they don't have money to burn. Everybody's losing money anyway. So when it comes to if you're looking for like sponsorships or things like that, no, probably 
not uh, but not uh, yeah. if it's uh, just like a, a something at a smaller scale uh, where where people just pay you to uh, find them the inf- to give them the information they need yes i think there's definitely a, a need for that both uh, you get that those questions from private persons or, or people who want to do a startup etc as well as from investors as well as yeah. from large corporate companies who also have an, an interest and uh, and mm-hmm. they they have money they can pay so I would say, yes, there are definitely opportunities. Yeah. So it sounds like at this stage, a ser- a professional service would be more around one-to-one consulting and that sort of... Yeah, let's that, say that that's what I've seen so far. Huh? That, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. That's really interesting. Is there anything you wish you had known before you started Phyconomy? Well, that's a bit of a trick question since I knew absolutely nothing. So, I mean, you could say like, oh, so I wish ev- I knew yeah. everything. But uh, that was the whole point of it, right? I, I don't yeah. know anything, but I'm, I'm curious. Huh? I think that's it's one of my sort of my best qualities is the fact that I am curious. Uh, and uh, that sort of gets me into these uh, these kind of things. So it's a journey, you know, and it's just uh, every day is full of discoveries. I'm, I'm learning new things every day. Yeah, I'm. I, I guess I've, I've I've mostly just been surprised. Eh? Like I, I thought that I will well I'll just do this and I'll I'll put that out there, but I didn't expect to really get uh, so much uh, feedback and and reaction, and that that people mm-hmm. actually. Uh, I thought people would say, "Who's this guy?" But instead, they thought like, "No, thank you. Do you have more?" So that's been very surprising. So yeah, I feel I I really overachieved in that sense. So. That's brilliant, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been only pleasant surprises mostly, yeah. Did you promote Phyconomy in any significant way or did it just organically create interest? Yeah, I wrote uh, posts on LinkedIn in in the beginning, uh, quite yep. a few. Now now I, I do uh, a, a lot less and uh, same for Twitter. I, I write on Twitter. That's kind of it, yeah. So so not, not a huge amount and still no. it, it, it generated some interest. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, I, I was I was the first to sort of be interested in in seaweed without mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur or a biologist or a, an engineer or a chemist or anything like that. Just someone who comes from a, a communications background. So I, I guess that's uh, yeah that that was needed. And you mentioned communication. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this because we we often particularly in this podcast but you know in, in general i suppose we often focus on the technical side of seaweed and mm-hmm. boy is there a lot to talk about but mm. at the same time something i would like to focus on with you if you're um, happy to is to discuss a bit more of communication because i'm thinking many of the listeners will be in the position of wanting to communicate the values of seaweed engage mm. potential customers create a brand around seaweed or promote a product for example what is the story that you think is most powerful in capturing people's attention and drawing them into seaweed-related topics? Well, that's a good question. I don't really know. I think there's been, like you said, a lot of buzz around seaweed. Like, oh, seaweed's so amazing. It's it's healthy. It can draw down carbon, phosphorus, nitrogen. It's good for all the animals that, that live inside, etc., etc. So I think that's that's like a, a clear story. It does need fertilizer, all these type of things. I guess I'm more sort of on the other side where I I want to take that apart and say, okay, that's there, but 
you know how like it's not going to save the planet uh, first of all because the planet doesn't need saving planet's doing fine uh, secondly because you know the, these things uh, it's not just one thing that's uh, so i think any type of narrative that is too sort of just positive like oh this is something amazing you're just setting yourself up for disaster right because uh, sooner or later uh, there will be more negative press uh, and then you sort of have nothing and uh, no legs to stand on so I'd say I'm really more let's let's be realistic about it and say like okay these are good things uh, but they're whatever you're doing there are also negative impacts and, uh, and like okay we're saying that uh, this we want to grow all the seaweed but is it realistic to uh, are we able to grow that much seaweed or or is that even good to grow if we're thinking of growing that much seaweed right and so yeah I guess my my take is to be realistic without being unnecessarily pessimistic and so i think there's also a certain brand of social media commentator uh, usually a sort of uh, man in their 50s who's seen uh, the the last seaweed hype uh, seaweed bubble in the 70s and uh, they're sort of i don't know maybe just spiteful that people are younger these days and that they also want to do something interesting yeah, but uh, they're just sometimes negative base also uh, baseless and eh? so i think there there's a certain positivity that is exaggerated and that is not rooted in fact and the same for some people's pessimism eh? which is also just not based on on facts right yeah yeah no, i know precisely what you mean i'd like to just sort of stand in the middle and communicate things based on like okay these are actual facts and i can show you here's the evidence and then, yeah, here's, uh, if there are no sort of clear evidences, uh, at least you can sort of sh say like, okay, this, this person says A, this person says B, I'll leave it up to you to yeah. make up your own mind. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm really trying to position myself in the middle and, and give people the tools to make up their own mind. And uh, yeah, I think that's also something that I learned from uh, writing about travel in in central asia in the sense oh, there that you go. it is coming back yeah in the sense that uh, well i started off as a as a, a penniless uh, backpacker so that's those were the people that i was writing for other backpackers and then i had to sort of change tack or sort of become more inclusive since other people also started to find my website that people who had more money who wanted to travel in a different way um and that's it. And so and then, um, yeah, I had to I sort of write instead of like, oh, this place is shit. I had to write like, well, older people who have more money and who are more interested into cultural travel, they like these places. Whereas younger people who are more into adventure, uh, etc., they like uh, other places. So I think that's um, the kind of approach I want to take here as well is just to look at things from as many angles as possible and so if, if you ask me uh, what's what's the right story I think that's always the right story uh, to be as nuanced as possible it's never black and white it's always many many very many shades of gray yeah I fully agree so you probably answered this in a way already but uh, let's see if there's more do you feel you have a set of criteria to decide whether a piece of news is worthy of going into Phyconomy or into the newsletter? And it might be that we're back to the, well, it needs to be factual and that sort of thing. I was wondering if there's any other sort of set of criteria that sort of guide you into 
choosing because mm. you know you said it yourself there's so much there how do you pick the the good stuff yes yeah no that's that's an interesting uh question eh? so how like how how do you decide right so i think it's it changes as I learn more, you know, I think just in general, you know, once you start to understand something better, you you become better at understanding, okay, this is unimportant, this is actually more important that you, you're able to understand the context around it better, right? And I think for me, that's, that's made, like when I write a newsletter, I'm always thinking, how can I sort of tell a story that these are not just sort of data points and drifting in space, but how can I make it into a story that's sort of pointing towards a bigger trend rather than just, you know, know events so yeah that's that's what i'm always trying to do to gather up some some different things that all seem to point in the same direction that's what i'm aiming for i'm gonna switch gear and and ask you about something that i actually ask a lot of a lot of the guests probably everybody but in your case throughout your learning journey in seaweed what has been the biggest frustration for you if there is anything well, I guess it's um, yeah, tr- trying to find the facts. It's not necessarily a frustration since I sort of consider it my job, let's say, but um, that it is still so difficult to find out some, you know, like really basic things like what is the price of this or that uh, seaweed in this or that place. That's like you're going on a journey, right? Okay, can I ask you? Can I? Oh, as you're it's really not so easy to find these types of yeah really rather basic things and and so the, there is a lot of secrecy on the other hand there's also a lot of openness from from some people so but uh, yeah sometimes you think like is that really necessary to be secretive about about these things so yeah i mean it's all opportunities to build something to get that information out in the open but at other times yeah you do sort of waste a lot of time doing things that in other industries are just a mouse click away do you feel that sort of in a way validates your mission it makes it makes you yeah relevant yeah i think so if somebody else already did it then if it would be one mouse click away, then there's no more work for me. So then I can just yeah. uh, retire and go do something else. <laughs> yeah. You said something interesting, and this may be unrelated, but you said, uh, you know, st- staying a little bit more on the frustration side of things and then the, the sort of mm. obstacles and challenges. You said something interesting in an interview that I've read or, or listened to that in some countries it's easier to start drilling for oil than it is to start farming seaweed. Do you feel that is where you would start in terms of making changes and looking for solutions? Uh huh. Yes. So I don't know if that is actually true. So it sounds great, it though. A, I mean, as as a metaphor. <laughs> so yeah. I heard someone else say that, and I I, I repeat that. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's. I don't know how the how the oil and gas licensing works, but we know about seaweed. Yes, it's challenging, right, to get to get licenses, and they're working on it. But it's still a long way to go, and uh, yes, for sure, that's uh, that's difficult. So I think you know when you talk about bottlenecks, there's just it's everywhere you look, right? It's regulation, cost is simply too high. There's this market gap in the sense that we're growing kelps, but what people actually want to use is is dulse and and sea lettuce. And then there's uh, the social license issue, which isn't an issue yet, but you can see it coming in the next few years. If if, uh, seaweed farms get bigger, then people will uh, start complaining. 
do you see that as an obstacle for poten the potential exponential growth of the seaweed industry? Absolutely, yeah. You see that with with salmon, and uh, there's there's really no difference, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think for seaweed it's going to be the same thing. And people will complain about they're already doing that. Eh? Are there some boys in the bay? We don't want that here. It just spoils the view. Eh? So uh, social license is a, a big thing that uh, I think people do worry about it, but perhaps not enough yet. And I think that there are sort of really interesting sort of things happening. And this is fed by blue project uh, trying to get people to understand the benefits of aquaculture there's yeah. some other people making documentaries etc but it's it's gonna be a, a battle for sure do you think that the arguments are good in terms of you know in terms of getting that acceptance from the public do you think the seaweed industry has got good arguments to is a case of passing the message across or yeah, in, in my opinion, these type of things is not necessarily always about logical arguments. It's more about oh, yeah. emotion. Did you uh, get these people involved from the very start? Uh, did you talk to them? Did you make connections? Uh, so, you know, did, did you invite them over to see, like, this is what's going on and this is how that's going to look like? So I, th I think it's really important to do that. So, but yeah, so if, if you say, like, where, where to start... Uh, should you start with the regulations or should you start with uh, making it uh, cheaper to grow seaweeds or easier to process seaweeds? Yeah, you have to try and do all of those things at once. And so that's why it's going to take a while uh, to really grow it. Uh, I am still, after two years, a seaweed believer. I, I do see it uh, continuing to grow and, and at a certain point exponentially. But uh, that, that might take a bit longer than uh, some people might be hoping for. You wrote a report called uh, State of the Industry 2023. Would you like to share the main conclusions from that? For me, yeah, that's, you do see like a, a strong rise in, in the growth of the seaweed industry in, in Alaska and, and Maine. And if you look at Europe, there is also growth, but it, it is slower. And I think that's, that's really interesting to observe. Also, if you look at investments, uh, Europe has a lot more startups. And so there are also more deals in Europe. But the checks are smaller, eh? whereas US, uh, you have fewer companies, but they get uh, bigger investments. So I think that those are interesting trends eh, that, uh, to observe. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that in, in a couple of years' time. It's all still very early stage, and most of these deals are seed stage. So we'll, we'll have to wait a decade to find out which of these companies will make it. Yeah, no, that's very wise. What is... Just to put a, a, our positive hat on, since you 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 sort of label yourself a dreamer, so let's 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 be dreamers for a second. What is the the topic or opportunity that you that you're most excited about for the future, hmm. the near future, I suppose? Well, the the near future. Well, I, I I think what what makes seaweeds so interesting is that there are so many applications, right? And um, so I think, you know, well, we do need to get biorefineries going because they will unlock uh, the, the possibility of, of getting, of serving all of those applications and, and using up 100% of the biomass, which is still at the moment a bit of a pipe dream in, in most cases. So, yeah, I'd say biorefining is, is, is really important. And then... Yeah, there's just there's so many opportunities. Let's say that the biggest ones are probably 
bioplastics but also food i think yeah it would be great if if people eat more seaweeds and i can i can really see it if i if i just sort of look at what my grandfather eats he's in his 90s now and and what i eat uh, two generations down the line there's very little overlap you know he was he was in his 20s when he first saw a bell pepper huh? when he first saw a, a paprika so you know this uh, this so many uh, changes have happened in our our diet over the past 50 years i really don't see a reason why seaweeds can't become a very normal part of our diets in in the yeah. way that you know 15 years ago i'd never seen an avocado in my life eh? or it's this wasn't oh, yeah. like a common yeah. thing and so yeah i, I think uh, food is definitely something that's that's coming yeah i do believe in that as well and basically i think if we look at at seaweeds the, the opportunity that they bring is that it's more than just it's good for the ocean or it's it's a biomass that isn't detrimental for soils but also that it can really help countries achieve their their net zero goals in yeah all over the world and so not only in europe and us but especially in, in tropical countries where it gets very difficult with so depleted soils i think seaweed biostimulants can also really help there maybe in the future hydrochar who knows and so yeah so many opportunities really there yeah so in that vein you know looking at all these opportunities knowing what you've come to understand through the learning that you've done if you were to give advice to somebody wanting to start a business in the seaweed industry, would you encourage them to focus on a particular area? I'm thinking, you know, farming and processing, manufacturing mm. of value-added product, services for the industry. Yeah. Yeah, what sort of path would you recommend? Yeah, it's a good question because, I mean, like it's everything's needed, right? As uh, We need uh, proper processing uh, there's, there's like a huge gap nobody really knows how to at least if you're looking at like europe north america how to process uh, large amounts of seaweeds so i don't know that's that's a difficult one because um there's people you know making textiles or, or paints uh, out of seaweeds so you know why would i not advise them to to do perhaps that so yeah well no, I th I think that's a difficult one for me to answer since you know I'm, no, that, I'm that's so that's actually fine. Don't worry about it. I'm so not a a, a business person, but uh, yeah, I'll leave that open to to people's imagination because uh, yeah, I, I think you can look at every part of the value chain and see possibilities to to do something there. Eh? So yeah, it really depends on on your particular angle. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the beauty of it that there's so much opportunities for innovation and for contribution that virtually anybody can have something to offer depending on their background and their angle their their inclination and aspirations and like even a travel writer can do something that's excellent steven this has been great thank you so much for taking the time and like i said for the work that you're doing is there anything else that you would like to add at all no, let's uh, let's leave it here. I mean, I have a lot of things to add, but uh, yeah, I like to do that uh, in in my own pace. I write it all down, and yeah. uh, people can can read it uh, in the newsletter or, or on the website. And so that's how I prefer to speak. You know, I just uh, I construct my own narrative, and then I'll I'll hear what people have to say about it if they like it or not. So, but uh, yeah, I'll continue doing that. So to point the audience then, uh, you guys can find out more about Phyconomy at phyconomy.net. 
where you can also join the uh, newsletter. Uh, what sort of frequency does that come out? Yeah, every three weeks. That's uh, that's a good frequency for me at the moment. Every two weeks is uh, like oh, then I, I need to hurry up every month, and it's a bit you know the, then it's a bit too too little. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Anything else, Stephen? You were saying LinkedIn. Yeah, people can find me there. I I try not to uh, visit too much, but uh, it's it's a great source of information for finding out about the seaweed industry in general. If if you're really new to seaweed, at least uh, like that's where I learned a lot in the beginning is in just following uh, people who have a seaweed company, and uh, it's a good place to learn. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks again, Stephen. You're welcome. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, take care.